Hey everyone. So for today's show, we're going to get into some mailback questions that I put out on the Locked on Penguins Twitter account. We're also going to get into some practice updates. Teddy Bluger is again getting close, so we'll get the latest on him. And, you know, we'll also we'll dive a little, I guess, a little bit more into the New Jersey, New Jersey Devils, excuse me, and, of course, touch on a couple of other uh, things for the team as, as the Penguins get ready to play the Devils on Thursday. It's all coming up right after this drop. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this, <clears throat> excuse me, your first listen of the day. Today's episode might be on the bit of a shorter side. I know usually my episodes are 25 to 30 minutes. This episode might be around 20 to 22. Um, you know, obviously there's still things to talk about with the Penguins. I mean, there, there's never n- not nothing to talk because, you know, this team is never boring. But, you know, with a third consecutive off day, um, you know, obviously I'll always have stuff for you all. But, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm itching for them to play another game. But as I teased at the beginning, we're going to go into some mailbag questions, which should take up a good amount of time. We're also going to get into some practice updates right after this. And, of course, a couple other things that I have planned. So Penguins, uh, Zach Aston Reese was back at practice with the Penguins on Wednesday. He had a maintenance day on Tuesday. Great news. He's back to his normal spot. Teddy Bluger continued to practice non-contact capacity, though I will say if he looks to be fine. Uh, well, he's, he's looking on track to be fine. Spoke to the media today. Basically said for the first seven to ten days um, of his recovery, he was basically just, you know, drinking his food out of a straw. And that's honestly, you know, I mean, I, I've had my fair share of injuries, th- you know, throughout my life. A broken jaw is pro. I, I, I would never want to have something like that. That's probably an injury where no one would want to because, I mean, it, it affects so much. I mean, at least with you know, a broken leg. I know that's a lot of pain, but at least you can actually still eat your regular foods. This poor guy lost weight during the first week or two because he couldn't eat any solid food. Heck, he couldn't even eat pasta. That that has to be one of the top three worst injuries an athlete could ever have. And apparently he said um, to the media today, his mouth was just gushing blood out um, after he was with head athletic trainer, Chris Stewart. Even when they basically put a double towel into his mouth, the, the blood was bleeding through the first towel into the second one. That's just how serious this was. Um, we are in the fourth week now um, of the six to eight week time frame. It looks like potentially that he is a little bit ahead of schedule. Um, Teddy was practicing with penalty killers today in his normal spot. Again, wasn't taking contact. That will be the last um, and that'll be the last step so that he can come back. Um, it, he's not going to play on Thursday against New Jersey. That's too soon. Um, could he play this weekend? Maybe I, I I personally don't think he will. I think next week is when we could see him back. You know, we're, again, it's, we're still it's still a little early um, in the time frame. It's good that he looks to be ahead of schedule. Excuse me, but I'm still not too sure when he is going to be officially coming back. Again, I would guess next week, but you know that is just a guess at the end of the day. Um, Evgeny Malkin was able to speak to the media today. 
Um, and you know, he 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 is always such a great quote. I mean, I I absolutely love just what whatever he says. You know, he, he I love what he what when he was asked about Sidney Crosby's 500th goal, and he said, you know what? Yeah, I, I hope he's assisting on my 500th when I score that. You know, for reference, uh, Gino has 430 goals right now, so he's about 70 away um, from getting the 500th. Hopefully, he will get to that point in the next couple of seasons if he can pot you know 20 consistently for the next um 20, for the next 3 to 4 years um he, he should get that pretty easily heck if he pots 30 next year um he'll be what only 40 away and you know maximum he still has 30 games this year to score quite a few goals um again i i do think he is going to hit that 500 career goal mark though it's probably going to be maybe a bit later on in his career than said, I mean, he's also missed a lot of time to injuries um, and all this other stuff. And, you know, he even said to the media, it's a special moment for sure for me, for Sid and for Latang. We played together for 16 years. Um, I mean, he's also said he's so happy for Sid. He deserves everything. Every goal he scores, I'm glad to give him assists. Um, and then of course, you know, as I just said, you know, he hopes someday he can get an assist on his 500th. And again, you know, I just, I, I love how wholesome he is to the media I, I love how close he is with Sid as well. You know, this this is it's just a brotherhood between the two. And you know, I'm just I really hope that he ends up retiring as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Other than that, there really is not much to come out of today's practice. You know, they worked on the penalty kill, worked on the power play, did some individual drills. Nothing really earth shattering. The lines were the same. Um, if I can load those up here real quick for you all. Um, well, if if I can on my social media, um, let me just make sure that I can. Yeah. So, yep. Gensel, Crosby, Rust, Heinen, Malkin, Carter, McGinn, Rodriguez, Kapanen, Ashton, Reese, Boyle, and Simone, Dumoulin, Latang, Pedersen, Marino, Matheson, Ruedel, um, Casper, Borquist was called up. Though the only, the main reason he was, I, I saw some people on social media saying it could be a trade. You know, maybe if someone else hurt, someone have COVID. No, I mean, they needed an extra forward. He's just the 13th guy. Um, and then once Bluger comes back, I think he'll be sent down because, you know, one of Simone or Boyle is going to come out of the lineup. And then when Jason Zulker uh, c- comes back, whenever that is, um, I'm sure, I don't think Simone or Boyle are going to be sent down. It'll just be a 13th and 14th forward kind of thing. And, you know, Mark Freeman right now, he's on a conditioning stint down in Wilkes-Barre. I think that's what he told um, uh, Taylor Haas of DK Pittsburgh Sports. He just hasn't really played a lot this year. And, you know, why why, why would he, I guess, when the, when the defense is so freaking healthy? I mean, there's just no spot for him in the top six right now, especially with how Trevor Weedle was playing. I know some people before the season tried to say that, you know, it should be Friedman getting the reps over Weedle. But, you know, I liked his defensive ability better than Freeman. And, you know, offensively, you know, he's only has one goal this year, but you know, again, you know, you're not going to pay that your number six guy to produce a lot of offense. That's why you have Chris Letang. That's why you have Mike Matheson, you know, John Marino, maybe to an extent, you know, Marcus Pedersen has been okay. You know, you don't need all of your defensemen to be, you know, pure offense. You know, you need to have that mix. And, you know, I, I think the Penguins have that and then some. So um, I'm perfectly fine with Friedman going down to Wilkes-Barre. I'm fine with O'Connor going down there and Zahorn as well. I saw that on the other day. And of course, you know, Bjorkquist, he's not going to come into a game in the, unless there is another injury. Um, God forbid that that is the case. Um, so that wraps up this first segment of the podcast. Coming up in the second segment, I'm going to get into some listener um, mailback questions. And then lastly, we're going to go into some Jason Zucker talk 
and why I think he is, you know, more missed than some people realize, um, to say the least. But before we do that, this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Bill Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. If you haven't tried them, you're missing out on one of Bill Bar's best-tasting bars. They're fluffy and they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat. All Bilt Bars as well are covered in 100% real chocolate, and yes, puffs are included with that. They are low-calorie and high-protein. You can replace your candy bars with these as well. They're better than candy bars as well. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You can go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt. Com. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Um, I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, <clears throat> excuse me, getting into some listener questions. I'm glad I was able to do this. I have not done one of these in a while. And, you know, you all send in some pretty good questions. So, Jackson Hollister, um, thank you for sending this one in. And, you know, we, we were damning, of course, a little bit. Um, it was really cool to look at your cap friendly lineup because I mean, it's it, that would be a really fun Penguins lineup if that came to pass. He says, Let's pretend the Penguins do trade for Brock Besser. And you know, that would be a lot of fun, obviously. I, I would love if they did that. He goes, Would you want them to re sign him for his qualifying offer of 7.5 million? Is he worth that much? Follow up question I sent you a DM with my cap friendly created roster with Besser. How feasible is that? Okay, so would I want the Penguins to re sign him for 7.5? That's tough because I just don't know if like obviously what you send to me and I'll load up this lineup for the entire um, listeners of this podcast. If I can go find the DM, um, if I just, I don't know where, where, where did I put this thing? Um, I just, I, I'm, I'm going to get in a sec, but I think right now I probably would say, no, though this lineup does look pretty good. Gensel, Crosby, Rust, Houston in with Malkin and Brock Besser, Rodriguez, Carter, Alex Nylander, Drew O'Connor, Teddy Bluger, Brock McGinn, Duman Latang, POJ, John Marino, Matheson, and Ruedel, and then Jari and Anton Forsberg. So basically the changes that Jackson made, you know, they were able to re-sign Rust. That line's intact. Houston in is up. So it looks like he has Danton Heinen um, getting out of here. Kasperi Kapanen, he's walking. That's fine. Alex Nylander, he intrigues me. He's been really freaking good down in Wilkes-Barre. I will say that. I mean, he has been lighting it up down there at almost a point-per-game rate. I will be curious to see if he does get a look. I would not mind it with how he's been playing. Actually, no, excuse me. You have Rodriguez um, in there. But again, you know, Heinen's gone. Kapanen's gone. You also have Aston Reese, it looks like, gone. I don't really know what they're going to do with him. That, that's And that's a really good question, I think. You know, are they going to re-sign that player? Because they only signed him to a one-year deal and he's not making a lot of money. So, I mean, and he also has not played well offensively this year. Definitely not to what we saw last year where he was, you know, looking like he was going to potentially be a 15-goal scorer over an 82-game season. He's barely even has five this year. I know how good he is defensively. You don't need all of your players to consistently score and produce. But this is still definitely not good to say the least. And it also looks like you moved out Pedersen 
and this Matthew L.A. to POJ. Um, this lineup does look pretty good. I will say that. You have Pustin up on the top six. That is an area that I don't think the team is going to do yet. Could he make the team next year? Sure. But I don't think it'll be in a top six role. I think it's going to be, you know, bottom six, maybe in, I don't know, Drew O'Connor spot or something like that, you know, with uh, Bluger. And again, heck, you know, it could be an Alex Nylander spot playing with Jeff Carter and Evan Rodriguez. I think that would be a lot of fun. You do have Latang making $8 million. I wonder if it, he's going to get more than that. You have Brian Ross making $6 million on that deal. I think personally he's going to get more than that. Besser at a 7.5. Um, I think in that situation, Jackson, they may as well just keep Rust and then let Besser go. Though, again, your lineup is pretty good. If this is the lineup that you gave me, I would be okay with that. But is this what Ron Hextall is going to do? I, I don't think so. So I'm not really sure how feasible it is that this would come to pass. I would love if they traded for Besser. And if they did, um, I would be hesitant to take that qualifying offer. Uh, I would try to sign him for a little bit below that just because of how what other pending contracts that this team has, especially with Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin. So um, th- that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. I would obviously love if they got Besser. Though I think if they did, it would be more so as a rental compared to something long-term. Though, I will say this as well. If they let Brian Rust walk and they sign Besser, then there's your replacement, basically. But, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, I don't think I don't think Besser is going to move here. He may move overall. Um, though, it, it is a fun thing to speculate and think about. Um uh, Gilbert the Goat asks, who are your top three targets for the deadline? Which demon should be moved so POJ can play next season? What is your biggest concern for the Penguins heading into the playoffs? Mine is their trouble finishing. Um, honestly, the biggest concern for the Penguins, I, I have two things. One of them is the finishing. I, I agree with that, Nick. Um, I, I definitely think, um, well, you know, his name is Nick. Gilbert the Goat is his at name. But um, their finishing ability is bottom third of the NHL. That's not good enough. It's not going to be good enough come playoff time. I, I'm not going to say goaltending because I love what Tristan Jari is doing right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I think my other biggest concern is just running into another hot goaltender. Say, you know, the Penguins draw the Rangers. And I'm going to dial up some of these underlying numbers because I DM, you know, one of my good buddies from Penguins Twitter all the time. And you look at Jay Fresh's stuff. If you're if you're a patron and you subscribe to his website and everything, for five-on-five five expected goals for per 60, the Penguins rank seventh with 2.7. Five-on-five five expected goals against per 60. So the Penguins rank fourth at 2.26 against per game. That's one of the best marks in the league. Goals scored above expected. The Penguins rank 26th minus 12.6 goals scored above expected. What that means is that they are not finishing their chances. The Rangers fin- are 14th in that regard. And for five-on-five five expected goals against per 60, the Rangers are 24th. They allow almost three expected goals against per game. And five-on-five five expected goals for, they barely, you know, it's barely over two. So looking at those numbers, you think, oh, the Penguins have an easy series, right? Think again with how talented their top six is. And, oh, you have God in net with Igor Shosturkin, who is Henrik Lundqvist clone, who is going to come out and play like Ilya Sorokin did last year. That is probably above my finishing, you know, ability concern for the Penguins. 
just that they're going to get goalied again. And we've seen them get goalied numerous times over these last few years. Carey Price in the return to play was just unbelievable. Robin Leonard was ridiculous with the Islanders, but when the Islanders sweep the Penguins the year before that, obviously Sorokin stole the show last year. It's just been happening more frequently. And I'm like, okay, are the Penguins ever going to just, you know, get a series where they can actually make a goalie look human and not have him play like God against them? So I think that is my number one concern heading into the playoffs, that they're just going to get stonewalled. Obviously, their finishing ability is up there as well. Um, you also asked, you know, which defenseman should be moved so POJ can play. That's a tough call, man. I mean, with how Matheson is going right now, I'd probably go Pedersen. But who's to say that Matheson will repeat this next year? And, you know, Josh Yowie wrote today in The Athletic that the Penguins actually would not mind if someone took Matheson's contract off their hands just because it's so, it, you know, it's for so many more years and it has a carry as a big cap hit. And that's weird because, you know, he's obviously been so good this year, but, you know, it's still interesting that, you know, they're open to potentially moving him in a deal where, you know, that salary is off their books and then they can just elevate POJ. So right now I'd probably lean towards Pedersen that's going to be moved if Matheson keeps this up. Though if he turns back into a pumpkin, I you know, I would lean the other way and maybe thinking of getting him out of town. But I do agree, man. He needs to get he needs to get some games in. Um, I think PO is NHL ready, at least in my opinion. Um, you also asked me who your top three targets for the deadline. Joe Pavelski, Connor Garland, and if I had to pick another one, honestly, JT Miller. Um, you know, obviously I know it's weird that there's you know two from Vancouver, but you know, they 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 have a lot of really good players over there that are not being used. Um, right, I should say, and they're kind of just wasting their time away. Um, I think Nick Paul would be you know, just outside my top three, I think he'd be a really good acquisition. Just, you know, good checking forward for, you know, the top nine. You can play him really anywhere in the lineup. Um, I, I personally would really like him um, if the Penguins wanted to trade for him. But yeah, I think Garland, um, Pavelski, and JT Miller are my top three, at least at, le at least for me. I mean, I would love Claude Giroux. He'd probably go up there if it were more feasible, but that's probably not going to happen. Wesley Reed says, um, if the Penguins can only afford to sign two out of the big three, Malkin, Latang, Rust, who is going to new it to a new team? Um, yeah, it, it, this is this is tough. And uh, I, I like what you said, you know, take into account who's best for the team and who the team can do without no matter how difficult. Um, I, I've been saying this since the beginning. I love Brian Rust. I, I know he he's making a strong case that they have to bring him back no matter what. But... <clears throat> I still think that, you know, I, I got to side with Latang and Malkin. I mean, these two have been in the franchise for almost two decades now. And Latang is at an, another level this year. I know people say, well, you know, what if he falters? What if he regresses? You know, he's going to get older. I understand that. And I know he's going to make a lot of money. But this guy is a freak during the offseason. No one knows his body better than he does. He, he works out a ridiculous amount. I honestly think he is fine and he's going to be good for years to come. Malkin is at a point per game pace. I always want him to finish his career with Sidney Crosby. Brian Russ, just because there are a lot of free agents out there this offseason, I feel like he potentially can be replaced. <clears throat> Caught Philip Forsberg. Um, I believe his contract is up after this year and it looks like he might be available at the trade deadline. So he would also skyrocket up if the Penguins wanted to go out and get um, another pure shooter 
for the top six. Um, if he is actually available, it would probably be my top three. Um, Nick Forsberg, Pavelski, and Garland um, would be my top three uh, targets. So um, don't think any of those are super feasible. I would love it, but you know, you know, we'll have to see. Dallas also took down Winnipeg um, tonight, but um, I totally understand that you want to keep Rust at, at, at um, you know all cost. Um, it's a very valid opinion to have. I totally respect it. I just, you know, I can't see a world where they get better if they keep him in one of the other two and then the other one walks. I mean, I just, I personally think the um, the team regresses um, next year. You, you also asked, what about a Kapanen uh, slash prospect or a second or third for Claude Drew in a draft pick? You know, Wesley, I would love that, but the Flyers are not going to trade with Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, remember, they trade, they, when, when, when Ron Hextall was the GM in Philly, they traded Mark Streit to Tampa. He then went to Pittsburgh. That, that, that is how they just did not want to deal with each other. So um, I think Drew personally is going to go to Colorado. That's my opinion, though. But um, it, it would be fun because of pure chaos. But I just don't see it happening. Um, Alan Teodor finally asked, if, if the Penguins traded for Phil Kessel, would Kapanen be evolved and would it be an upgrade? I think it would be a minimal upgrade, Alan. But I don't think he is the player that he used to be. Um, that's my main thing. You know, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, call him washed or, you know, all this other stuff. I um, mean, you know, he's not lazy or anything, but um, he's just not the player that he used to be. I just don't think he is the player that the Penguins need right now. I think they need to aim higher, aim for a better player. Um, you know, he just, he hasn't, he usually is known for a pure goal scorer, right? But he only has six of those this year. I know he's on a bad Coyotes team. But it's still, to me, you know, it's it's not good enough, um, at least in my opinion. Um, you said, thinking of how awesome it was seeing Crosby's 500th goal in person, what's the coolest Penguins moment you've witnessed in person? Okay, so I haven't been to a lot of Penguins games. Um, obviously, that comes with me not living in the city of Pittsburgh. I, I wish I did. I would go to all of them. I think the coolest one I got to see um, – just beating the Capitals in Washington and storming the steps. Um, just nothing gets better than that because all of the Capitals fans just go by. Get, I'm not going to do it on the stream. You know, they, they give you the double bird. All of them are just so freaking mad. And, and it's the absolute best thing, <clears throat> excuse me, in the world. So that's probably the coolest one I've ever been to. I also got to see a 3 nothing comeback in 2017 against the Buffalo Sabres. Um, there were a ton of Buffalo fans at that game, and the Penguins were able to have a nice three-goal comeback in the third period. I believe Connor Sherry had the game-winning goal, and then the Penguins were able to win that game uh, with an empty net or five to three. So <clears throat> those would probably be my two favorites or the coolest ones, but the Capitals one, it definitely, I think, takes the cake for me. Um, coming up in the next segment, we're going to go into some Jason Zucker talk real quick and why I think you know he's a bigger loss than some think he is. Well, a, a bigger loss than I think some are – are, are saying. Uh, I, I apologize about that. But before we do that, football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, play performance prompts to where the next fire coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Betonline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. That is betonline where the game starts. 
Now, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why should you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tan lamps, mortal oil, and even <clears throat> excuse me, new carpet. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And you can write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes? Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, um, I read a great article today from Adam Gretz of Pensburg, and you know, it, it, it got me thinking a little bit. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, but you know, I just I think people take Zucker for granted just because he's not scoring like he used to. And, and I get it. You know, he was the big acquisition a couple of years ago from Jim Rutherford. He was promised he was going to score a lot of goals. He scored 30 before he scored a lot of 20 goal seasons. I know he hasn't done that a lot, but you know, he's been one of their best players defensively and he's been a rock solid playmaker. And you know, if he made three to three and a half million, no one would even care uh, to, to, to try to dump on him because again, you know, he's been perfectly fine this year. When he has been um, in the lineup, if I can, you know, find, I can just get his hockey reference page, you know, here w- real quickly. You know, in 31 games, obviously, you know, six goals, 13 points in those 31 games. But, you know, in his last two games, so he played December 19th, had the assist against New Jersey. That was the game the Penguins won. After that, comes back a month later, two goals in that comeback against Vegas. Looks like he's putting it all together. Boom. You know, the hernia happens. And it's just like, you know, like the, the, the poor guy just he, he can't catch a break. But you know, I, I really liked this stat that I saw um, this morning from Adam, and he just basically touched on how you know since for the last month or so, you know he's been one of their best defensive forwards, and he's been out, and it's really I think just put a damper in the lineup. You know, he, he is included as one of the four best you know, players in terms of expected goals against per 60 minutes. Um, you know, I know his offense, again, is not what people want, but he's still having a fine season. You know, 13, 13 points in 31 games. I know that's not a point-per-game pace, but you know, over an 82-game season, I mean, what? I mean, that, that that's close to, I mean, if I actually, yeah, I just to make sure I had that right. Yeah, I mean, that's close to, what, almost a 20-goal pace? Over an 82-game season, I know right now if they were 62 games because he's only played 31, that's a 12-goal pace, which is, you know, fine and dandy. But, you know, if he was able to score a little bit more during those next 10 games, you know, he'd be on a 20-goal pace, which I'm fine with. I know I predicted that he would have 20 to 25 this year. Obviously, it sucks that injuries happen, but I still think this is a player that they miss. You know, he forechecks really well down low. Again, he's really relentless with getting the puck back on his stick. And I also think he's a great fit for Evgeny Malkin's line. And I will die on that hill. I don't mind defending Jason Zucker. I'm not going to defend Chris Murray Kapanen because he's been way worse than Jason Zucker this year. But I have no problem, you know, especially when someone plays his tail off every single shift and, you know, he gets the looks. It's just that his finishing ability has not been that good this year, which I think has killed him. So, you know, I'm looking forward to when he's coming back. He hasn't started skating yet. He's probably not going to be back, I would say, for at least another three to four weeks. 
if not longer. We'll have to see. But I wanted to just take a few minutes to explain, you know, just why the team misses him and why, you know, I, I think he can't come back, you know, soon enough. Because, you know, he is one of the four of the top seven players in terms of expected goals against per 60. Um, you know, he is one of those best players defensively on the ice. So we'll have to see when he comes back. Thank you all so much for listening to this lot at this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'll be back on Thursday for a full game recap of the Penguins versus the Devils one. I did a little bit of a crossover on Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. Go check that out um, um, on Thursday right before the game. You know, we also do some score predictions um, as well. I did a couple of segments with Trey and he's always a ton of fun to talk to. So that'll do it for this one. Thank you all so much for listening and I'm back on Thursday.